And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you fully trusting in his grace this hour are you washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as
be free from the burden of sin. Oh, there's power in the blood. Oh, there's power in the blood. Would you over evil the victory win? There is wonderful power in the blood. Oh, say there is power.
Sing it one more time. There is power. There is power. Your hands are lifted, your hands are all lifted in this time of approaching the throne of God. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you that we can gather together to hear the word, your word, your holy word. Speak to us through this word. Change us, transform us. Draw us closer to Jesus. We lift you up, Lord, that men can be drawn to you. We give you praise. We worship you. Come, Holy Spirit, work amongst us. Bring healings and miracles, signs and wonders so that we can know God is great, God is powerful, and there is nothing impossible for God to do. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap for the Lord. And then you may be seated. Thank you very much. It's a privilege for me to welcome you all to the first service of our weekend. We trust God that we will have wonderful blessings in His presence. Amen. So if you're visiting for the first time, thank you for receiving the invitation to come. We trust you will have a blessed time with us here at BMI. Hallelujah. Then we want to welcome all those who came from afar, our children from Uppington, uh, East London, and also Madran. Let's clap one more time for all of them. I'm sure the Capetonians will meet all of you even today after church and make sure we greet you and have some fellowship with you. Amen. Then to the pastors that brought along the sheep from those different places, we want you to stand so that we can also give you a warm welcome. Here are the mission pastors from Madran, uh, East London, and Uppington. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a powerful weekend. We will have a great service on Sunday morning again if God spares us all at 9.30. And then we have an evening service at 6 p.m. Glory. So there are three services for the weekend. You may be seated, pastors. And then we will also hear in the evening service a little bit from the pastors and the branches. Amen. That's why I arranged that evening service on Sunday so that we can also have a wonderful report and testimonies of the goodness of God. How many of you know God is a good God? Amen. And God knows you. God is fully aware of your situation. Amen. And He wants to draw you always closer. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for all those who made the first part of the program so beautiful. I am betwixt between preaching a victorious sermon to you. Last week we heard about the blood and what the blood has done for the believer. Amen. Who managed to listen to it the second time on the podcast or some other way of listening to it? Put up your hand if you listen to it again. Put up, why do you drop your hand? It means you only listen to five minutes. Okay. Now we want to make it so clear to you. Believers. Uh, we have a noise. What is the problem? Can we have some idea what is happening? Or is it only me hearing this noise? Huh? Or is it outside? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sure it can be shorted. Amen. Captain Jackie, go do your work, please. Thank you. So, um, I'm betwixt between giving you a message of victory and then also to tell you what the, the reality is of Good Friday. Good Friday, we will also break bread today after the service, all right? Good Friday is called Good Friday because it, originally it seemed to be a bad day. You know, it seemed to be a bad Friday, the day that Jesus died. But afterwards, we actually discovered it was a good Friday. It was the purpose for the coming of the Son of Man. Hallelujah. And he came to fulfill his work and his ministry. Glory to God. And the death of Jesus on the cross is for us in Christianity the most pivotal part of the Jesus story. Hallelujah. Because after his death, we all are saved from our sins. Glory to God. So I want to teach you this morning or maybe share with you for a short while on the symbol of the cross. The symbol of the cross. Because we might not know what the cross symbolizes. We take it for granted that it symbolizes Christianity. If we see a cross, we say that's the symbol of Christianity. And that cross has been used in many places, even in medicine, when hospitals are shown there's a little cross and a snake or something on the cross. And then people wear the cross around their necks to make them look beautiful, isn't it? Some gold crosses, some silver crosses, then gold-plated also here in Delft. Amen. But the cross is a symbol that has a meaning. Amen. But, but the true meaning of the cross is what I want to talk to you about this morning, the true meaning. 
the true meaning of the cross is really a symbol of suffering and shame. Amen. Because the Roman soldiers used the cross as a symbol of shame. Remember, the prisoners were hung naked on the cross. They were hung naked, and then also the death was not an instantaneous death. It was a death of pure suffering. Suffering was for long hours. Jesus actually died a little sooner than what they thought he was to die. Because men would hang on the cross for long hours until they couldn't breathe well anymore and they would suffer from a type of suffocation. But we want to look at the symbol and I want you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 verse 29 because it's a... It's a, it's a it's a symbol of suffering. Oftentimes the word used is passion. How many of you have heard about the passion of the Christ? I think sometimes we, we show this movie on Good Friday, isn't it? I don't know why it's not showing today. We should have actually arranged for it today. Pastor Charlie normally plays the movie on a Friday evening. Maybe we'll still, we must ask him. Amen? Um... When we, hear, when we hear about the passion of the Christ, we might not know what it means. You might think passion is the, the passion that you have to like something. But it's not so. That word passion means suffering. Everybody say suffering. It's a word that means suffering. Let's read 1 Philippians Philippians chapter 1 verse 29, the Bible says, For unto you, Christian, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Can I have an amen? amen. It is given to you to suffer. For the sake of Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3. These are all Paul's writings. In the Bible, a man that suffered greatly because of his belief in Jesus. It says that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Hallelujah. We are appointed whereunto? Appointed to suffer. So my good message on Good Friday is that Christianity has a symbol. And the symbol is the symbol of the cross. And the cross has a meaning. It means a place of suffering. Can I have an amen? amen? And it is appointed unto you that part of your Christian walk will be a walk of suffering. A theology that was removed from the church maybe for the past 20 or 30 years 
where we wanted to know what is the victory we can have in the church. And of course, there are wonderful victories like the blessings of God, the riches of God, the prosperity and the healing and all the good things that we enjoy. Hallelujah. But I think today is the perfect day to add and to explain to you that these blessings are not the only things that we will have as Christians. Amen. Suffering is included in the theology of Christianity. It is appointed to you to suffer. And once you understand it, and I trust God in these few minutes, I can give you a bit of a glimpse into the understanding. Once you understand it, you won't give up so easily. Amen? So many Christians can't serve God for a long while. They give up so easily because I think when they endure suffering, they think something is wrong. But something is not wrong. Something is right. Suffering is, it is given to you to suffer. You have been appointed to suffer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So people who haven't experienced suffering, there's a big thing missing in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We may not like it, and we may wish it were not so, but there is so much biblical truth that we cannot escape the fact that Christianity is also a religion of suffering. In Acts 14, 22, Paul says we must, not Paul, he said yes, but it's recorded in Acts, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Many, one day many people came together at a funeral where a pastor died and they were all very sad. But the pastor's wife, when she had the chance to speak, she made a statement that still rings in the ears of the listeners today. She said, my husband suffered long on the sickbed before he passed away. But she said, we mustn't think it a bad thing. We must understand that our theology must include suffering also. Amen. Our concept of Christianity must now include the concept of suffering. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul says, I was troubled on every side. He said he was persecuted. He was perplexed. He was cast down on many occasions. And what does all these things mean? It doesn't mean that he just had a good life of enjoyment. A life of blessing. Sometimes I really feel when I'm preaching at crusades or when I'm trying to convince people to come to Christianity, I almost feel that it's not the total truth to tell them how good things will turn out. You know what I'm saying? I say, come to Jesus, man. It's going to fix your life. It's going to make you nice. And I wonder, do, do these people want to come because they want the nice things that Jesus gives them? I, I have to tell you, and I thought, Holy Spirit, must I tell them on Good Friday? 
that to be a Christian, it includes suffering. So if you want to leave after the service, you are free to do so. But if you want to stay in Christianity, you're going to experience some suffering. Because it's part of the parcel. Yes, there will be the good days. There will be the glorious days. There will be the days of victory. Because the cross, as much as it's a symbol of suffering, it's also a symbol of victory. Because we defeat the devil through the cross. Yeah, the Bible says we defeat him through the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And there's a third one. We, we love not our lives unto death. In other words, we suffer. We sacrifice. The blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, you must speak words, must speak words. By your words you are condemned. By your words you are justified. But the third one we seldom talk about is this one. They love not their lives unto death. It's in Revelation 12. This is how you defeat Satan. Number one, the blood. Number two, uh, the word of their testimony. Uh-huh. You must speak. You must say things. You must declare things. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Number three, sacrifice. That is how you defeat Satan. Jesus suffered and sacrificed. A man who came from heaven to be so embarrassed, so beaten and so bruised, but he paid the price for you and me. But now there's a cross that you must also carry. The symbol of the cross, yes, it's the symbol of Christ, but you must also carry a cross. And it's by that cross that you will defeat Satan. Hallelujah. I don't want to focus so much on the defeat and the victory that you will have, but you will have a victory. Let me just give it to you now before I give you the bad news. Some people always say, what do you want first, the bad news or the good news? The good news is you'll have victory through the cross. Hallelujah. The cross is a symbol of victory. Glory to God. The Israelites went through the Red Sea by faith. Believing in all their tests and trials, they'll overcome. Hallelujah. But I want to stay here. I want to be obedient to the Spirit. Hallelujah. So Paul had a very difficult life. He described his life as being delivered to death for Jesus' sake. And this doesn't mean that you always have prosperity and healing. Hallelujah. Jesus himself, Jesus' ministry on the planet when he came for the 30 years or 33 years, it involved two things. Teaching, preaching, and healing is only one part of his ministry. Are you here? What is the other part you say? The second phase was to experience different kinds of suffering. Say amen. amen. What suffering? He suffered rejection by the Israelites. And I'm surprised that the poet, the poet, poet said all these things in a poem this morning. I wondered, did she take my notes and make a poem? Make a poem. Yeah. 
She said in her poetry that he, he suffered rejection by the Israeli community. Yeah. The Bible says he came to his own, but his own received him not. If you reject it, then you give up quickly. But Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. So the Jews were the people of Jesus' day. They didn't receive him. Up till today, they don't receive him. When we, when we uh, celebrate Good Friday, we, we celebrate the Passover lamb. We say Jesus is the Passover lamb. Hallelujah. The Passover lamb comes from the day of Moses where they had to take, cut a lamb, take the blood and put it on the lintels. It calls the Passover lamb. And for many years, the children of Israel, they, uh, they celebrated this day called Passover. It's the same day as Good Friday. Amen. We believe that the Passover lamb is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So you are saved from, you are saved from hell if the blood of Jesus has marked you. How does the blood of Jesus mark you? You become a born again Christian. You give your life to Christ. You are washed in the blood. Then you are marked by the blood. And when the enemy comes, when, when, when the time comes for hell, fire and damnation, if you are marked by the blood, you are free. Hallelujah. You are free. But the Jews reject him. And up till today, they don't. They still, they still, they slaughtering lambs today. They slaughtering lambs because they still wait the Messiah. But the Messiah came, but they recognized him not. He came to his own, but his own received him not. Rejection. In Christianity, you find strange that people don't clap hands for you. You came from a bad life into a good life. Now you think they will be happy for you. Everybody's going to treat you well. Everybody is going to like you. No. It is appointed to you to be rejected by men. You say, I reckon the pastor and his sin, I cannot eat duni. He just choose other people. He never choose me. Hey! You must be rejected also. It's part of the work. If you've listened to me over many years, you hear my stories of rejection. Yeah. I've been rejected. I've never been chosen. Uh, I, I couldn't understand why people can't see that the hand of God is on me. No, they didn't. But I realize now it's part of it. It's part of it. First rejected before you get accepted. But, but you see, you see, my friends, the problem is people eject when they get rejected. Don't eject. Stay. Stay in your position. Yeah. Stay connected, then you will prosper. Because you see, it is in the cauldron of the church environment and your family environment and your work environment where all these forces come against you. A little bit of suffering. And they can't suffer. You pack up too easily. Oh, let me try and stay to my text.
He didn't just suffer rejection, betrayal by Judas Iscariot, one of his very own. Blessed Jesus suffered betrayal. He suffered also desertion. His disciples ran away from him. That's the cross that he had to carry. And you are also carrying a cross. Have you been betrayed before? One of your good friends stabbed you in the back. Sometimes people talk to you as if they are your real good friends. Amen. But when you go away, they talk to others about you. You don't know. Listen, one day I was with, I was with Bishop Dag. I'll tell you something. I was with Bishop Dag, and he said, he said, we, we walked away from people and something, and then he said, you see, or, or, or somebody that was with him told me the story. I'm, I'm not sure how. But he said, you see, as we now say we greet, we greet, and then, hi, brother, how? I didn't know. And then after we walk away, we say, you know, that brother, this, 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 this. But we, when we were there, we were happy with the brother. Are, are you all with me? Must I tell you the secret what he said? I don't think these people want to uh, tell this people. Listen. Listen, he told me, he told me, let it be known to you, as you're walking and talking about them, they are also talking about you. Hey! <laughs> As you're walking and talking about them, and they also greeted you and were happy to see you. As you're walking away, they also saying some things about you. Betrayal, desertion, false accusations. I'm explaining to you what Jesus suffered. They didn't receive him, they rejected him, they betrayed him, they deserted. The disciples ran away. Remember? said, Pastor, we will stand by you. Our deductant pastor. The first time they could stand, they ran. And he was accused by pastors. He was misrepresented by the Pharisees. He suffered pain from the Roman soldiers. Psychological torment that his death was coming. Remember, he prayed in the garden. And, and, and the sweat was like blood drops. That psychological torment. And then also the real pain and the death of nails in his hand. Thorns on his head. If you go to our cross in the garden, you see we put thorns. I think even the thorns of his day was, was much bigger than the thorns we have. But that was the pains and the horrors of the crucifixion. But the question is, why does following God have to include the suffering? Would you like to know the answer? Say, Pastor, who can move it done? I want us to understand true Christianity. I don't want to be standing before God one day and tell me I didn't teach the people the right things. Yeah, it's not nice to teach the people sometimes things that might not sound nice. People like things that sound nice. The Bible says in the last days they will want to hear preachers that can make their ears itch. Unfortunately, I must tell you what the word of the Lord says. Amen. 
Why does God want us to suffer? Is it not better that obedient people must be exempted from these hardships and suffering? And sometimes it looks like the bad people are getting nice things, isn't it? And they aren't so good men, but they suffer. You're such a good person, why must you struggle? But now we include the teaching. Number one, why must the child of God suffer? He must suffer, number one, because God wants you to experience suffering because it pleases God. Pastor? Really? Really, really? It pleases God. Isaiah 53 verse 10. It pleased, Isaiah 53 verse 10, uh, just that first part. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. What does the NLT say, quickly? But it was, the, it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. Talking about Jesus the Messiah, it was God's plan to make him suffer. Pastor? And then in Ephesians 5 verse 2, the Bible says that the death of Jesus on the cross that we celebrate today was a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Pastor? It wasn't a repugnant, bad, detestable smell. It was a sweet smell in the nostrils of God. I'm helping you with the theology of suffering in Christianity. Hallelujah. A sweet smelling aroma unto God. So you wonder why would God be happy when his child is suffering? But I remember my own children. And I remember how I always want to keep and protect them. And I want to teach them lessons. But they don't listen to a father that's always nice to them. Isn't it so? When my son had to go away, it was one of uh, tough times for me. Because my daughter is close by. And when she's in trouble, her first number on her phone is a father. One day she, they asked the question, if you're in trouble and a gunman must put a gun to your head and say, dial any number and if the person doesn't pick up, we're going to shoot you. She said, I will dial my father. Not her husband, her father. <laughs> but my son was far. My son was different because he was going to be millions of miles from me. Millions, thousands of miles. Sorry. And if anything happens to him, I can't be there now. Yeah. And it would have been better for me to keep him here. Because he's spoiled here. He can tell the mother what he wants to eat for breakfast. I knew that side. He can't ask for any breakfast. He must take what is there. And if there's nothing there, he must suffer a little for Jesus. But I knew 
that he's going to be molded into a better person. Because they don't listen to their father and their mother here in the comfort of their own home. But it pleased me well that they had to suffer a little bit. Hallelujah. It was in my nostrils a sweet-smelling aroma. Now when I see him as he, no, as he normally comes and explains to you all that he's polished. Bishop told me, send him away. I said, away, my only son. I can't send him away. Send him away. Let him experience the pain of hardship. It is going to mold him and it will please you well that you have received back some, some, somebody better. Somebody better. Hallelujah. So it pleases God for you to suffer a little, but there are lessons in life that you can't teach your parents. That's why I tell the, the parents here, some of the children, I, I let them come work here at the church if they don't have work. Because the small uh, interaction with me, one line or one sentence from me as a father to them can change their whole life. One good rebuke from me can make him right because at your house you can't rebuke him. Then you still get parents who want to come defend their children after a good rebuke. The Lord have mercy on you. It must please you well that your child suffers a little bit. In the days we grew up, if you did something wrong and they come tell your parents, your parents hit you further than the people who hit you there. That's why we have a, a weak, developed person in the, in the days that we live in. Huh? Are you with me? Yes. Quickly, so number one, it pleases God to see you suffering because you are developing into what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Number two, why does God want you to suffer? God wants you to suffer because it makes you perfect. Hebrews 2.10 Hebrews 2.10, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. What does it mean to be perfect? You are complete. You are incomplete without suffering. Child of God, don't leave the church yet. When you started to suffer, it is part of your making complete. Making you whole. Amen? You must suffer a little bit. Amen? That's why I like it when people testify and they give their difficult experiences and I say, ah, that one has suffered a little bit. Very important. A person who has no problems in this life lacks something. Say amen. He lacks the element that makes him complete and mature. There's a level of maturity when you experience some suffering. Number three, why does God want you to suffer? God wants you to experience suffering because it will also make you obedient. Hebrews 5 verse 8, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. This is the cross that you must carry. Jesus carried his cross. You must carry the cross. To become obedient. Hallelujah. Jesus was holy and without sin. 
Yet is obedience to God dependent on him suffering certain things. And you must also suffer some things if you want to be fully obedient to God. Amen? You may think that bad people must suffer to make them obedient, but good people also need to suffer to make them perfect and obedient. Hallelujah. And when you are suffering, ask the Lord, what is he trying to get you to do? What does God want you to do? Some of you must sacrifice by giving some offerings to God. Helping to build the church. Taking money that you would have used for something else and giving it to the house of God. That's a sacrifice. Amen. There's a great woman of God called Mary Woodworth Ether. She died many years ago. She was a great woman of God. God gave her anointing and called her to preach, but she didn't do that. She rather married a young man, and they had six children. How many children? You know what happened to this lady? There was a pandemic in the area, and six, five of the six children died. Five of the six children died. And it is only after such an experience that she decided to take up the call of God, the original call of God before she was married, and go and preach. And she became, if you go into the history books and type Mary Woodward Etta, she became one of the greatest woman preachers the world has ever known, with marvelous signs and wonders. But she had to suffer a little because she disobeyed the call of God. William Branham, if you know that name, a great prophet of God. Jesus' only people also came from the William Branham story. Another man of God that was called when he was young. Disobeyed God. He was in a car crash, both his legs broken. And then he said to the Lord, if you can heal me, I will serve you. And God healed him. But he, he disobeyed God. He went back on his promise like many of you go back on your promise to God. Then the Lord said, okay, I'll help you. God visit, came to him and visited him in a vision. But still he didn't obey God. Then his wife and his son died. And he was suicidal almost committed suicide until God spoke to him for the final time. It's the same like Jonah who went into the belly of the whale and then when he eventually obeyed, he's the prophet that we unparalleled gifts of God that we haven't seen again in, up to this day, William Branham. But the disobedience uh, was the suffering came because of the disobedience. Are you listening to me? And it could even be your problem. Amen? It could be even your problem. And God is talking to you. Okay, let me come to a close. Why does God want you to suffer? He wants you to suffer because it brings you closer to Christ. Philippians 3 verse 10, Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his suffering. Everybody say suffering. I'm preaching about suffering this morning. What a wonderful sermon, isn't it? Being made conformable unto his death. That I might know Jesus, we will know him on Sunday in the power of his resurrection. But today we know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Hallelujah. Suffering creates a, a, a fellowship of like-minded sufferers who experience the same thing. Sometimes if you have a sick child, you have these groups where they meet with the sick children, then you say, we know each other because of the fellowship of our suffering. <laughs> you know, the university graduates, they suffer for many years at university, so when they finish, they also come together to know doctors, no doctors, teachers, no teachers, lawyers, no lawyers. That's the fellowship of suffering. Are you with me? So to know Christ, to come closer to Christ, the one who suffered the ultimate death. Say, look at the kring with me the era. Say, say, look at the kring with the spotters. But say, look at the kring with the era. Then you must also suffer a little bit to join the suffering, the, to join the fellowship, the fellowship of his suffering. Rejection. Abandonment. Accusations. And you will enjoy the fellowship closer. As we don't have the type of hymns that they sang there, we think it's old-fashioned. You see, draw me nearer. Get off the keyboard, let the other man sit on the keyboard. There was a song called Draw Me Nearer. I'm telling him because he's also too young, he don't know. They just know friend of God, friend of God. <laughs> to, to, his, to his what? To his bleeding side. Not to the side where he's coming on a white horse with a, with a crown, with a gold crown and the belt of truth. That's the millennium reign. No, 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 no. Our fathers used to say, throw me nearer. Nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. To the cross. What? To the victory? No, 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 no. To the cross where Jesus died. Consecrate me now. To thy service, Lord. By the power of your grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. And my will, not you, but my will, Lord, let it be lost in thine. Draw me nearer. Nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross. Let me suffer with you, Lord. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding. There is a closeness to God and to Christ you can only have when you're also experiencing suffering. Mama, don't think it's strange, the difficulty that you're going through. It's an experience of suffering. You will have a deeper understanding of who Jesus is.
and what he has done for you as you experience the sufferings of Christ. And lastly, God wants you to suffer because of the glory that is going to come after the suffering. Hallelujah. Just as the day follows the night, the glory of God will come after the suffering you experience. Do you know, God said to Moses, I, I made the Israelites one day in the desert because I want to humble them and I want to test them. You find this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. He said, I want to, I make you suffer because I want to humble you and I want to test you. One of the greatest enemies of mankind is pride. And why God allows suffering is to bring you down. Paul said, a thorn in my flesh so that I can be humble and I don't exalt myself above measure. For three times I asked God to take away this problem. And God said, no, 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 leave this problem there. Sister, I'm going to leave this problem there because what I'm doing to you, I am making you experience it because you will become, your head will become too big. And you exalt yourself above measure. Marriage is like that. It humbles you. You get an opposite of what you think you should get. You say you were a good husband, but look how bad is the wife behaving. Or you say I'm a good wife, but look how bad is my husband treating me. You get the contradiction of what you're supposed to get. But it is all there to humble you. People sing your praises and your wife will make your, your wings flat in a minute. To humble you. And then to test you. Look at that verse. Look at that verse. It's beautiful. To prove thee. You shall remember the way the Lord thy God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. Uh, and to know what is in your heart to test you. Whether you would do the commandments of the Lord or not. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that only children will go into the kingdom. Are you listening? So the greatest gift you, you, you get in life is what makes you suffer to humble you. Amen? What is making you suffer to humble you? Because only humbled people can experience the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Then you will be tested. Ah, have you, have you gone through the test? But let me come back to say the glory that will follow you if you, if you experience a lot of pain and sacrifice. Amen. It's like the glory that a woman who has to give birth will experience. After the suffering of labor, and childbirth, then comes the joy and the excitement of having this new baby. Amen? The good news comes after the suffering. The glory of studying for many years at the university with very little money, and when you finish, you get a better job and you earn good money. The glory 
after the suffering. Say amen. amen. But now the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 18, the good news is that the glory we experience cannot be compared to the suffering we must go through. He said the suffering that you're now experiencing in this present time is not worthy to compare to the glory which will be revealed in you. Hallelujah! Now I start to thank God for the suffering that I endured in the years past. And I'm also thanking Him for the suffering that I might endure tomorrow and in the future. Because the Bible says, the glory that will be revealed in me, it cannot be compared to the little suffering that I'm going through. Amen! The scriptures, I have many such scriptures. I close by reading you just a few, then we, when we pray. Amen? Listen to 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's, a, it's just for a moment, but in the eternal weight of glory will be ours. 1 Peter 1.11 Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them signify when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. 1 Peter 4.13 Rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. Rejoice! That when his glory shall be revealed, you will be glad with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. And the last one, Romans 8, 17 and 18. If you are children, then you are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe your family member was sick for many days. Don't always look at it as a negative. Start to see that Christianity besides the, the, the great things that will happen to you, also includes a bit of suffering. Maybe you've been without work for a long time. Maybe you, you, you suffered economically, suffered, prayed, fasted, tried many things. Maybe you didn't even pray and fast. Maybe God wants you to pray and fast because sacrifice is important for obedience. Are you with me? The death of a child, the death of a loved one, the death of a brother, the death of a sister is not, is not nice, it's painful. But nobody said that this Christianity will be without suffering. Coming from another country, looking for some place to stay, trying to make ends meet, trying to find a settlement for your family and your children. All these things are hard. He came from heaven to earth 
but he didn't have the goodness and the glory and the gold and the glitter. But he came to suffer. I came to show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul said, beaten many times, shipwrecked many times, in journeys often, in travels often, in nakedness often. Rejection, betrayal, and disloyalty often. But the glory that will be revealed in you is far more greater than the suffering that you experience now. And even if you don't experience any glory this side of the grave, be it known unto you that when you step over into heaven's great light, you will see the face of Jesus. Till I see his face. Till I see his face. Some of the disciples were thrown in hot oil when they were killed. You just want to escape and live nice? Some of them were cut in half with a sword. Some of them were crucified upside down. It is appointed unto you also to suffer. There's a cross for everyone to bear. Have you bared your cross? Have you carried it? But the cross is not to chase you away from God. It's rather to bring you closer to God. And if you're here this morning and you're far away from God, maybe the difficulty that you are experiencing now is to draw you nearer. To draw you nearer to His bleeding side. I often wonder why great good people also suffer pain. Last year when Bishop Dag lost his son, I said, my God, what's such a good man doing so much goodness? Rodney Howard Brown lost a daughter. You hear of all these pains and you wonder, but we preach the blessing of God, the prosperity of God, the goodness of God. No, we forgot. Suffering is part of our package. It's part of your package. Just don't turn your back on God in the time of your suffering. Jesus bowed his head in Gethsemane. He said, Lord, this is very hard for me to take. Nevertheless, not my will. Let your will be done. He could have called angels to set him free. But by the help of the Holy Spirit, he suffered an agonizing death to redeem you and me from a life of sin and despair. I suffered much as a young boy. But I know it was God. Sometimes when you're in the thing, you don't know it is God. So just hang on a little, but don't give up so quickly. Don't divorce your husband so quick. Maybe somebody is sitting here thinking of divorce. Cancel that thing. Just say, Lord, let the suffering come a little bit more. Then you can say, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Blessed Lord.
to the cross where thou hast died just draw me nearer draw me nearer oh nearer blessed Lord to thy precious bleeding son your heads are bowed your eyes are all closed The Holy Spirit wanted me to speak to somebody here today who is going through much suffering. And you think it's not fair, but this morning, God is telling you that it's part of your following of Christ. That I might know Him in the power of His resurrection, but also in the fellowship of His suffering. Maybe you need help from God. You just need a touch from God. Not to remove the suffering, but to be able to endure the suffering. Three times I prayed. I said, Lord, remove it from me. God said, no, 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 no. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. If that is you and you want me to pray for you, I want to pray for you. I want to be obedient to God's Holy Spirit. If you are here, you are invited by someone. You are not yet in the kingdom, but you want to become a child of God. You want to start following Jesus. Knowing that you're going to have to give up many things as a sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice. It's part of following Jesus. You must give up friends. Give up certain nice things, certain nice parties, nice times. If you're willing to do that, then you're willing to say, I'm willing to suffer for Christ. I want to pray for you. Is there someone like that? You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to, I'm willing to suffer for Him. I'm willing to go all the way. Put up your right hand. I want to pray for you. You're not yet saved. You're not yet born again. If you must die tonight, you're not sure if you will go to heaven. But today, Jesus is giving you a chance. Your life can be changed because of the sufferings of Christ. The cross is the symbol of suffering. The cross is our symbol. It is a reminder that we will suffer. Then I want to pray for those who are experiencing severe suffering. Not to relieve you from it, but for strength to endure. Stand to your feet and then those who put up their hands, come to the front quickly. Before I break bread, I want to pray for you. Oh, the bleeding sun. Swing. Come. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the I am thine, O Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice 
But I long to rise. But I long to rise in the arms of and be closer. time to share with you why God wants us to suffer I want you to know that it will be part of your life till the day our coffin goes down but he gives strength when the burden is greater yes and he will carry you on the wings of his love to make it to the very end Let your suffering not take you away from God. Let it rather bring you to God. Let your suffering draw you nearer. I want you all to pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I confess my sins. I confess my sins. I made many mistakes. I made many mistakes. But I ask you today. But I ask you today. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please wash me. Please wash me. With a precious blood. With a precious blood. Take my sin away. Take my sins away. Take my garment. Take my garment. That is black. That is black. And give me. And give me a new garment. A new garment. That is whiter than snow. That is whiter than snow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me now. For saving me now. Please write my name. Please write my name. The book of life. The book of life. I give you my life. I give you my life. I want to follow you from today. I want to follow you from I turn today. my back on Satan. I turn my back on Satan. Turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the today, world. Today. Today. I confess. I confess. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's the ruler of my life. He's the ruler of my life. That he died on a Friday. That he died on a Friday. And he rose on the Sunday. And he rose on the Sunday. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that through your death Thank you that and your resurrection. Death and resurrection. I can go to heaven. I can go to heaven. I receive you. I receive as you my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.